Welcome to another episode of Rank Up, where you learn to become an elite instructor and to grow your martial arts school. Today, we have a very special episode. We have Sensei John Hodge on the show. Sensei John Hodge is my father, and he is the reason I even joined martial arts and began my journey. We're actually going to hear from him on his unique perspective on creating a personalized training and grading program for your students. This is something that he's helped me learn more about and also introduce to other GMAU instructors. Sensei John Hodge is a black belt in Shotokan Karate. He's been teaching for over 20 years. He started out in karate and also started his own school locally, which is also where I began to work with him as an instructor whenever I was a teenager, and that got me into being a martial arts instructor under his leadership. And he also is the head instructor of the Shotokan Karate program in the Global Martial Arts University. On top of this, he is also a teacher of energy arts, such as Tai Chi and Qigong, Falun Gong, and actually teaches classes locally, along with an online Tai Chi course that he has. So welcome to the program today. Uh, glad to be here, Michael. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've, we've been doing this a while together, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a beautiful journey, uh, you know, to be on and do what we can for people, you know, give back what we've what we've learned over the years, uh, that's the main reason, you know, we're in it, uh, it did so much for us, you know, turning around and giving it back. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the journey that you have with every student that you have that walks in your door, you know, if you have a physical school or, uh, or an online journey like we have here, you know, you have to really get to know a student and really know where they're trying, where they're trying to go with something. Um, you know, so what I do with each student is, you know, I, I, there's the general things that run through my mind, you know, is how, how old is this individual? You know, what kind of condition is he in? Um, does he have any physical handicaps? Uh, what's his personality? Uh, all these things, uh, you know, I, I, see everybody as a black belt when they come in regardless of all those things so but holding in my mind that i need to know those things to try to navigate a course help them navigate a course for themselves uh, to be successful through to the end um, i think you know the most important things are you know also experience uh, what type of experience does this individual have uh, what type of arts has he been training in uh, all the arts, you know, a lot of them are very similar in some aspects, but then there's there's differences within all of them. You know, stances and preparations and executions are different in some some parts, and even some of the type of training phases that you go through are a little bit different in different uh, different yeah. arts. I really like how you said that you see them as a black belt. Um, you know, when they join or whenever they're beginners, I think that's a really interesting statement. I'm pretty sure I've never heard any martial arts instructors say that before. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why it's even important to hold the vision in that way? For for me, uh, in trying to create something, uh, I like to have that vision out there in front of me about that's going to guide me as their instructor. I mean, I, everybody, anybody can become a black belt. And uh, so when I see this individual... I hold that vision out there in front of me that, that this is where we're trying to go. And I gather all the information that I can gather on where we're at in the moment. You know, so people come in, they, everybody has different, different things, different challenges. Uh, 
Um, so you have to you have to really play co- play pay close attention to you know the individual's condition, their personality. I mean, everybody learns things differently. So you kind of have to put together a navigate a course for that vision that you have. Um, and, uh, put it together in small building blocks according to their abilities, you know, and what you're seeing that they can do. Uh, because you really get a wide gamut of, of, uh, individuals coming into your classes. You know, some of them are really out of condition. Some of them have studied martial arts, but they haven't, they haven't practiced in a long time. Uh, personalities come into play. How people learn things comes into play. Uh, you know, you have to really pay attention to whether someone is verbal or whether they're kinesthetic, you know, physical. Um, you know, what, how do they, how do they re- react to what you're, what you're showing them? Um, you know, people's personalities also differ in, you know, some people are very, uh, very rigid. Uh, in their learning, you know, they have to have a very, a very, uh, linear path to head them toward that vision you have and that you try to instill in them also. You, you want to, you want that person to see themselves as a black belt. Um, in fact, I have several students that, that I tell them, you know, I see you as a black belt. And, uh, many of them that have been in different programs and never made it commented, well, I've never been told that. I've never heard that from an instructor. So, you know, it's critical. It's criti- critical to let them know that you ha- you see that in them. I just want to give yeah. you some, some actually feedback and praise being a part of the GMA myself in that at the moment we actually see more students testing and being more consistent with going after their goals. And by that, I mean actually doing the assignments. Now, if you're not familiar with the Global Martial Arts University, it's our online martial arts school. And we have students not only learn all the material, but they're required to then do assignments. And once they do their assignments and the minimum hours that they're supposed to train, they can then take their test. But we see a a pretty significant difference in the amount of students that are testing in our Shotokan Karate program than our other courses at, at this moment in time, at least. And I think part of it is most likely a testament to the way that you're actually holding the space for them, creating the vision, and already seeing them as a black belt, because I think you can probably play more into this and talk about it more, but you're giving them a sense of confidence, and they're not having so much uh, anxiety and fear around just taking their first test, or you know that they're going to fail, or they're going to be a failure, or that they're going to give up. Um, do you want to expand on that a little bit more? Well, one one of the things that that happens is, you know, they do. Everyone has fears, you know, they're trying to overcome, and it doesn't matter whether it's online school or or your physical school that somebody's walking into, you know, they definitely entered for a reason, but they need to be given that confidence, and, you know, it needs to be done in a way that it's uh, in increments. You know, a lot of students come in and they, and they really struggle at first because they're out of shape or their their learning technique uh, is not exactly where it needs to be. You know how fast they can learn something. Uh, so you have to really look at that individual and and sometimes you have to break things way down and work with them in very small increments. But you, at the same time that you're doing this, you have to. Con- continue to show them this vision you know show them the vision out there 
and that they can do it. So, you know, all of my, uh, what I try to do is I try to be very positive in everything that I'm doing, even in the cases where we have students who are really, really struggling. I try to be really positive with them. Now, I try to, I tell them, you know, I try to demonstrate the pieces that we need to work on, and I don't hit them with everything at once. You know what I mean? It's, uh, so they, they can hold that confidence. So you're saying you're not going to overload them with all of the things they're doing wrong right at the beginning, because clearly a beginner is going to be doing a lot more things wrong than a more advanced student, and that's an even worse time to overload them with feedback, because uh, like you're saying, it's just going to make them feel even less likely to want to continue and like they can't really do this. Yeah, a, a lot of instructors can can be instru- can be very rigid about their their instruction. They can go, well, this is what you have to learn in this, in this, uh, let's say this belt level. And they're not, they, they look at the student at just a level at a time. Uh, you know, either you made it through this level or you didn't. Uh, instead, I don't have that approach. Um, like I said, I have the vision out there and I've done this in this process for long enough to know that if I start slow with them and I and I encourage them and and break this down into very small components, even if they didn't get a lot of things right in the first test, that first success bleeds over into the next exam. Now there are some problems when you know that that you can pull from one level into another by doing that. If you know what I mean, there's you know I'm trying to keep it where it doesn't frustrate them. And I found that if you'll work with them that way, in in a few levels, everything starts coming together. You know, it what I'm saying is we have to be we need to be really patient with our students mm-hmm. and and work with them slowly, being be encouraging. Um you know, sometimes you have to let people continue on to the next level even when it may not look like they're ready. And I know there's a lot of instructors that won't, you know. Yeah, I would say that's probably obviously on the lower levels. Like it wouldn't be something that would happen at a very advanced rank or a black belt, clearly. Yeah, what what I do is I have I have a pyramid concept. So we're at the bottom of the pyramid, at the foundation, right? We're building the blocks down there at the bottom. And, uh, and what I'm talking about is what I do is I narrow – my uh, expectations as they move up, uh, they become more and more and more. So by the time we get to brown belt, or we're going to test for our first, let's say our first key in brown belt, uh, I have a very rigid, become more rigid. I mean, I'm not, you know, don't go overboard with it, but I'm, but I have my expect, my expectations are raised a little bit more with each level, but also as my praise and my, you know, my encouragement. So it's a it's a tightening process where what you're doing is you're taking them on a on a journey and tightening down as you go, but you're keeping that confidence instilled in what they're doing as they move through these these levels. And then I found a lot of things clear up as you move forward if you get the major things accomplished in the lower levels, you know, like stances and and uh, 
stances and just your your technique, your basic techniques, somewhat mastered, all of that comes together in your later levels. And you don't have to see that. You don't have to see a student being uh, uh, perfect in all aspects in each level. You see what I'm saying? It yeah, it, it, it narrows down. And then when they get to brown belt, yes, we do have a high expectation. And then when they get to black belt, we have a very high expectation. Uh, and they know that. Definitely. I, one concern I think some instructors might have as they're listening to this is most of the people that are listening most likely teach physical classes, group classes. And they have the entire class training with them. They're probably testing the whole class at the same time or on the same testing cycle. And the, the concept that you presented seems to make a lot of sense for a one-on-one uh, personal like online journey. How can they actually take this same information and apply it to a group class setting or group testing? In a group, in a group testing, you have to be more, you, you need to be as personalized as you can. I mean, you may have everybody testing as a group, but as an instructor, if you're in a successful school, if you own a successful school and you, if it's a small school, you know, you, you really need to have a personal relationship. Now, you can't have an individual class with each student per se, but you can have these group classes and you can still, you can still invest uh, bits of your time with each student with a, with something they need to work on. You know what I mean? It's just a quick, uh, you know, you need to yeah, work on this right. or you need to work on that. And also when you have your test, when people test, you know, it, it's, it depends on how big your test is and how many, uh, instructors you have helping you out. But each one of those students needs to hear a little bit from you. Um, or from one of the instructors there, you know, encouragement, you know. And I think you're also saying that even if you have a group testing environment, you could still have a personalized type of grading because you could have everyone testing at the same time, but you're still taking into account um, the condition of their body, the other things that have happened in their life, the other experiences. But that kind of leads me to another question, which might be, how do we make sure we're not lowering our standards or creating a double standard regarding rank requirements? I mean, that's something that might be concerning to other students who are like athletic and in great shape and training hard and getting the same belt as someone else who might be getting passed up a little bit more easily to the next rank. What would you say to that? The master instructor has a really has a responsibility to his school, you know, to himself and to his students that when you're in you know, I'll talk to, let's say, if somebody has a handicap, you know, you're not going to sit in class and point out, you know, that this person is handicapped in front of the rest of the class. Everybody knows that person is, is handicapped. But a lot of the way, a lot of the way that you speak and you talk and, and consistency, uh, instructors make mistakes with not being consistent with their students. I mean, you have to be consistent. Um, If somebody's handicapped, each handicapped person is going to be treated consistently. I mean, there's, see what I'm saying? Then a person that's not handicapped is is treated consistently. I mean, there's, it may not sound like there's a way to do that, but there is. I mean, there's, you have to be consistent across the board with with, um, how you're treating people. 
what you're saying to them. Um, yeah, I think it's more about the character, like the state of being that you're in as an instructor, rather than just what yes. is written on the rank requirements page. I think that's what you're trying to say. That That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's, you know, the, the master instructor or, and your instructors working with you have to, you know, they really need to be, you need to all be on the same page, uh, teaching the same material. I've, I've taught in schools where, there's been three or four different instructors teaching in the school along with me, and they're all teaching something a little different. Well, that's a harbinger for for disaster <laughs> down oh, yeah. the ro- down the road. Um, you know, so it, it's it's about being very consistent in everything that you do and the way you treat people uh, in your material. Uh, if if you're always consistent like that, it's 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 like uh, you know, with your children, <laughs> or, you know, my student is not my child, but you have to treat a child consistently. You have to treat another human being consistently, or they don't know what to expect. It creates problems throughout your school and, you know, with everyone in the school. And I've been, I've worked in a lot of, a lot of schools, and I've seen that a lot, and I know what it does to the uh, not only to the people working there, but to the students. It's, it can be detrimental to your school. So that's what I'm talking about. Be consistent. Definitely. And that's why I even do this podcast and we try to empower instructors to realize it's so much more than just knowing how to do a certain martial arts movement. You might be an amazing competitor. You might have the best kick out of your, everyone in your entire country. But if you don't teach from the right character values and you don't have the right, not personality really, but values when you're on the mat, I think you're not going to be able to be a success as an instructor because an instructor is a teacher, it's a guide, it's someone who's really changing someone's life, just using martial arts as the tool to do that. Yeah, and that's that's part of what, you know, I think that's part of what that vision is. And in fact, I know it is, you know, when I when I see somebody as a black belt, I'm seeing uh, you know, I'm, I'm holding these qualities, uh, that, that, uh, I want to instill and that I want to, you know, I want to help that person overcome, you know, what's in their life, the, the blockages and things like that in their life, uh, to really become a, a balanced whole individual. That, that's really what we're talking about doing. And, uh, that takes, you know, that takes, uh, Having that vision out there, and it takes being a consistent guide uh, with good moral value in, in what you're teaching. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing this. I think it is very useful to realize there's an alternative to what most people came up through, which is most likely a very standardized, rigid process of this is exactly what it takes to get this belt. If you don't meet the standard, you simply don't pass, for example, things like that. And like we talked about, especially on the lower levels, it gives students the opportunity to kind of work through some of the major areas, building the foundation in the pyramid. Over time, they're going to actually continue and move towards their goal, which is why they join martial arts anyway. So like if they give up too early because we designed it improperly or we didn't teach from the right values, then we essentially failed as an instructor. That takes us to the question of the day. I'm going to ask Sensei John this question, and it is what separates a novice martial arts instructor 
from an experienced martial arts instructor. I'm talking about someone who maybe just earned their black belt, they're just now learning how to teach class, versus someone who's been doing it for a few decades, like yourself. Uh, Well, a a novice instructor, you know, has the foundation and and the skills, but doesn't have the people, the people skills, and has not had the situational the situational things <laughs> happening like you know you you're working with so many different personalities and uh, how to navigate you know different different types of problems and different issues that come up uh you know a lot of that is is that's the experience factor you know i i know lots of first first dans that are they're a great, uh, they're a great martial artist and they're, they're pretty good instructors. But, but that's the hard part is when something comes up that's, that's odd, you know, unusual. And, uh, that is just, that's something where an experienced instructor has, has met a lot of those challenges and knows how to navigate personalities and, and, and navigate, uh, you know, different people's different, uh, learning styles. And those type of things, you're, when you're a novice, you're just not used to to uh, dealing with all those things yet. And, and that, that takes time to do that. Yeah, I definitely would tack on that learning and studying human psychology is extremely beneficial for a martial arts instructor, even if they wouldn't think it is. Because like you said, it's all about interactions, understanding why people do why they, what they do, why they're even there, what they're trying to achieve, what's holding them back. And I think the biggest separator, too, is novice instructors look at how or what instead of why so i'm always asking the question why like what is it all for or like why are you actually here or why do we even do this movement or why are we training this martial arts style and it really forces you to align your teachings behind that so they're much more meaningful and they come from a place of authentic um, almost originality rather than you just copying what you learned as you went up through the ranks yourself right and you know, I can remember starting out, and of course, and you can too, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it was a real challenge, you know, to take a group of, of, you know, between 15 and 25 students and learn how to move a class through its phases and, uh, deal with all those personalities on the floor and everything. It's, it's, that's, it's a big task at first. And the why question is a good, you know, it's a good thing to ask. And uh, I'll go back to your personal studying personalities. Uh, I've done a whole lot of that, and it's really helped me. And the other thing that's helped me is 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 I've studied a lot about uh, just how people learn, uh, the different different ways that people learn, the different styles. Uh, you know, so you can really you really need to learn how to spot you know whether somebody's visual or auditory or or kinesthetic or you know, how's this person learning from this? And that's very helpful also, along with personality traits. Absolutely. Those are some great great ideas for everyone who's listening. And uh, thank you so much again, Sensei John, for being on this episode with me. I really know a lot of people are going to get something out of this and will hopefully be more inspired to have a more personalized approach for their students' sake. And uh, I will be seeing you and working with you in the GMAU and in the family, of course. All right. Thank you, Michael.